This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Folks, the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all of your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head over to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Folks, very quick note before we get started. Later in the episode, when we are talking about the Pride Night tape situation with the NHL, the Pride tape, I said that the NHL had banned theme nights. I was incorrect by saying that i meant to say that they banned theme night jerseys okay just uh, a quick i'm sure you all could figure that out you're all very smart people but i wanted to clarify that before we get started enjoy the show Quiggs, I gotta say, thank God this isn't a baseball podcast today. Like, I I can't even imagine having to talk about that Phillies Diamondbacks loss. I just this is the most I want to talk about it. I'm I'm very I'm depressed about that. I got my COVID booster and flu shot yesterday, and that's kicking my ass. I'm this like I've had lower energy podcasts, but not by much. It's understandable for you to not be totally on your A-game today. I mean, last night was it was rough. Today's a rough day for any Philadelphia sports fan. Times are tough right now. And what's what really sucked about it was, like, last year I didn't have expectations for the team. Last year was a miracle run. That was awesome. This year they were playing the friggin' Arizona Diamondbacks. They were in the World Series last year. And they got off to a two nothing lead in the series. Like this was just a huge collapse. There's no way around it. And like what sucked is I was really, you know, Stoke Steve was ready for that game last night. I mean, the stadium was so loud. I live like a mile and a half away from Citizens Bank Park and I could hear mm-hmm. everything from my backyard. Like it was spoiling the television broadcast for me. It was crazy. And it's just a bummer that they couldn't, you know, get through. They couldn't go to another World Series again. It's very tough to get to back-to-back championships in any sport, let alone the longest goddamn sport in the world. But it's still disappointing. I'm still bummed. And yeah, the only other baseball thing I even want to talk about today, the only other baseball thing I even want to remotely discuss is a, a deep-running flyperbole connection here. And that's with the 
American League team that's going to be in the World Series, the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. who apparently have been inviting, they've been like playing Creed in the locker room and like they've taken photos with Creed and the Texas Rangers have embraced Creed. Are they going to have to re-record Marlins Will Soar now? I think I think Scott Stapp's got to come out of where, whatever hole he's in somewhere in the world. His own and prison. He's got, <laughs> yeah, and he's he's got to write a new song for the Rangers. That's the only. And also, I do want to say this: this story about the Texas Rangers, you know, embracing Creed. Whoever Matthew Robertson looks like, he was the he was the author of the story. Excellent work on the headline. Yes. Quote. The Texas Rangers have embraced Creed with arms wide open. Oh, I, I love that. Top marks, no notes, fantastic. With Very arms good. wide open. Yeah, I think I think Scott Stapp's gotta he's gotta get back into the lab. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's gotta get back into the lab and make some more music genius music for the for the world to listen to. An absolute genius. Could you could you say you do such a good job with the Scott Stapp Marlins song. Could you sing us a few bars of Marlins Will Soar, that beautiful, beautiful tune? Let's play ball, it's game day. Crack! I want strikeouts, base hits, double plays. Take the field, hear the roar of the crowd. Come on, Marlins, make us proud. My favorite part of the song is the part where he... The way he says the words. So he's like, uh, he, he says, one strike, two strikes, swing away. A, di- a diving catch. And a then he says, the way, the way he says stolen base is so funny. He's like, a diving catch, a stolen base. It's, like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's one of the most bizarre songs ever recorded. And I, I love it. I, I deeply love how bad it is. And, of course, we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention the greatest football halftime show of all time, which is the Creed halftime show for the Dallas Cowboys, oh, yeah. the Cowboys, if you will. <laughs> it was that was the craziest. No, like if the Internet was around when the, well, the Internet was around. But if like Twitter was around and that happened, the amount of memes that would oh, have been made. It would have been outrageous. Out of control. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just <laughs> I don't know. Do you if I'm a Marlins fan? Do, like, do Marlins fans listen to Marlins Will Soar unironically every game day? Because I don't not, think they do. I, I'd be very surprised if they did. But I don't think there's that many Marlins fans. Like, why is that not the Marlins official victory song? Whenever they win, they're like, however many games a year that they win. Like, you got to play it at the end of a game. All right. The Phillies got high hopes. The Marlins got Marlins Will Soar. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're doing if they're not playing it after every win. At that weird ass spaceship looking ass stadium. It's have. the weirdest stadium in sports. It truly is. And the weirdest song for the weirdest stadium and the weirdest band. It's it's all magical. It looks like a snowball, that arena. <laughs> it does kind of look like a snowball, but it doesn't look like a snowball inside. It's just got every color in the entire spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really weird. At least they got rid of that that acid trip of a of a carnival ride in the outfield. Oh my god. That. It was tough to look Whatever at. Whatever that was. I yeah. 
I genuinely do not enjoy when the Phillies visit the Marlins for, for multiple reasons, like just watching it. And also just the Phillies have some troubles with the Marlins over the years. They thankfully not in the playoffs this year, but they've had their share of troubles. Quick stick tap to our dear friend, Eamon, by the way, for, he sent me the Creed Texas Rangers thing a couple weeks ago. And I just, I don't know. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but thankfully we got to it today. Bless you, Eamon. Eamon. Um, One of the the greats right there. Steve, I want to ask you, um, can you name the name of the Marlins stadium? Not for the life of me. Like, you could give me $1,000 if I could get it right now, and I I would not get it. It is Lone Depot Park. Jesus Christ. Lone Depot Park. There you go. Good for them. I'm very glad that the Eagles and the Phillies have had very long-standing corporate sponsorships at this point that I haven't mm-hmm. had to rethink it every three years. Like the the Flyers have had their share with the Wells Fargo Center, but it's been Wells Fargo for a while, the Farg, if you will. But you know, it was the Core States Center for a little bit. It was what was the other one? Wachovia, Wachovia Center. Wachovia Center, and uh, of course, the I think the favorite of most Flyers fans, the First Union Center, or as we like to call it, the FU Center. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect for the Flyers. It was a bummer when they got rid of that one. Like I, I'm, I've accepted the it at this FU point, Center. but the FU Center was so good. I, I miss those <laughs> days right there. And you know that's what the Flyers are trying to recapture, though that kind of energy right there, the FU Center energy. Uh, but. Uh, I had one more musical connection I needed to talk about before we talk about actual hockey. And the Inquirer had an article where they were asking a number of famous Philadelphians and athletes and people associated with Philadelphia what their walk-up music would be. And Sean Couturier had a pretty incredible flyperbole-adjacent, flyperbole-related answer right here. And that would be whoop, there it is. Oh, baby! Coots listens to Fly Purbly confirmed. Coots, best friend of the show. Sorry, Bill Clement. No, Bill Bill Clement's still a best friend of the show. Still best friend, yeah. But I would say Sean Couturier is a dear friend of the show at this point. Look, I'm not delusional. I realize that it's probably because people do the Coots there it is with him. Kevin Hayes literally said it. Yeah. Like there's a there's like a clip of Kevin Hayes from a couple years ago going, Coots there it is. Yeah. But I'd like to think this all just comes back to my petition. From God, I want to say it was like 2014 when I made this with uh, Flyers Faithful. It might have been Flyerdelphia, but I think it was Flyers Faithful, where I had a petition. I think I got like 200 or something signatures on it to have the Flyers change their goal song to Whoop There It Is, based on the Mighty Ducks 2's use of Whoop There It Is. I think that would be excellent. It would be excellent. I'm, I'm happy Van Halen's back, but I still think... We should fulfill Sean Couturier and my wish that it's whoop. There it is. As it, that's how it should be. And listen, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in every player should be able to pick their goal song. Like, I think it's weird that that's not unanimous for like every NHL team. I, I love like, cause in baseball, you get to pick up your walk-up song. Why not pick your own goal song? You just scored a goal in the NHL. Like, Pick your favorite song, like it's yeah. your like it's your MySpace page, and just have it yes. play. Yes, good point. Right there. <laughs> like, I I love that the Sabers do that. Yeah, it's great. Like, 
Now, I will say that I think they one year recently did, uh, what was it? Let Me Clear My Throat as the goal song. And that's just one of the best songs in, ever in the history of musical recordings. You want to like, talk about getting people on their feet. Like, that's that's a banger right there. Certified banger. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I've told, like, one day on my wedding day, <laughs> when, like, you come out, you know how, like, you know, you come out for the reception, everyone's, like, standing around drinking cocktails and shit, and then the, the, the groom and wife come out, the groom and bride come out, and, you know, it's like a grand introduction, and they play oh, yeah. some song. Let Me Clear My Throat, the live version, is gonna be the song. Like, I've told my girlfriend, like, if we get married, that's what's playing when we come out for the reception, so... Okay, so that leads me to have two questions for you. What would your goal song be, and what would your baseball walk-up song be? I would want to shock people. I feel like there's a little bit of different energy between the two. There, I think there is. I think my my baseball walk-up song would be Lexicon Devil by The Germs. Many people would be scared and shocked. (laughs) That's what you want to do, is is shock and scare people. Shock and awe. So... I it's one of my favorite punk songs of all time. Uh, Rip, Darby Crash. I'm pretty sure he was a huge piece of shit. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of people. And, in punk, uh, unfortunately, yeah, it punk and, like wildly oscillates between like the best guy on the planet and the worst yes. fucking person ever. Yeah, no, like look at Henry Rollins. He's like the man. Henry and Rollins. You look at- I love. Hen- I actually saw him do spoken word at uh, the Electric Factory a few years ago. Really? That's really cool. It was great. I would love to see him. Yeah, yeah. You, you should check it out if he comes around. Um, but yeah, so I think I would pick Lexicon Devil for Baseball, Walk Up, and then my goal song would... Uh, it might be Let Me Clear My Throat. Love it. It might I'm be. I'm into it. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably think of another one later on, but well, if you yeah, do, I think I would have to go with This that. is Flyperbole. Bring it up. <laughs> Bring it up whenever... Just blurt it out. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's how Flyperbole yeah. works right there. I would think so. My walk-up song. I think I would go, and this might just be like too easy right here. But I would go with "My Hero" by the Foo Fighters right there. Great That's drum a good beat one. to you know walk up to right there. I love that. And then, and then when the I, guitar comes in, like, oh, like yeah. that would that would sound good. Yeah, I think that would sound really good. And then goal song, and this is something I did on like I think it was NHL 11 back in the day because they let you upload your own music and use it. And, like, you could customize, like, every player, every team's goal songs. It was freaking awesome. I can't believe we've come so far backwards in our NHL video games. But anyway, I digress here. But I made the Flyers goal song for Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. And uh, that would be mine. I, I, It's just such a great... It's great. That's a good one. Um, I think if I had to pick a second option, um, and this is a more obscure option than let me clear my throat, I think I would pick um, Jaded by Green Day. Nice, nice. I think that is such a, like, it's, because it's like, it's like the technically the second part of Brain Stew, because it yeah. kind of like fades into Jaded, and like, Jaded rocks. Jaded, Jaded rocks so it. good. That, that whole Insomniac is, or is it Insomnia? Insomniac. Uh, Insomniac. Insomniac, yeah, I was right the first time. Insomniac is such an underrated Green Day album. It is just like, the energy on that album's awesome. 
Walking Contradiction is one of their best songs. My walking Easily. Contradiction. Great video too. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the funniest videos. I wa- I like laugh, belly laugh every time I watch it. Yeah. Uh, MTV Classic show Walking Contradiction sometime soon, please. Yes, needs to happen. Needs to happen, absolutely. Well, I guess it's time to talk about our Philadelphia Flyers and I'm not that reluctant to talk about them. I'm actually, <laughs> it's weird. I'm actually pretty excited. I'm feeling pretty good right now because the Flyers are solid so far. Like they might be better than we expected. And that's cool. Like that's exciting. I'm sure it won't last the whole season. This is not like the deepest roster or anything, but you know what? I'm enjoying it while it's happening. The Flyers are out shooting teams right now. It's crazy. So they're three, two and one through six games in the past week. They beat Edmonton four to one, which was stunning. I, a lot of people were stunned by that. I bet a lot of people lost money on bets that night. You hate to see it. What a shame. They lost to Dallas in overtime 5-4. to four. The fact that they took Dallas to overtime was pretty awesome. And they lost to Vegas 3-2. to two. But the Flyers led into the third and led up the winning goal with around 30 seconds left. So, like, that, honestly, to take the champs who were off to a red-hot start to that point, pretty amazing. So... John Tortorella has a history of performing quite well in his second season with a new team. Um, When he got hired by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2015, or really he kind of, he just took over. I believe he was actually a mid-season replacement, which is funny because it was like seven games into the season. So like, they they kind of pulled the flyers and just like hired their coach or fired their coach immediately into the season. But the second year of his tenure with Columbus, he took the Blue Jackets to the playoffs and they had 108 points. Like that's pretty good. Um, his tenure with the New York Rangers, his second season with them, uh, they did miss the playoffs, but they did improve drastically. Um, and then uh, Tampa Bay, uh, he improved they improved drastically his second full season with them as well. So it's, it's, I don't know if that's a pattern. I don't know if that's like me just reading too much into it, but it definitely feels like John Tortorella has changed the culture of the team. Certainly. Um, And it looks like it. I mean, let me say this, the Dallas stars game flyers are down. What? It was four, two, right? Late in the game. Last season's Philadelphia Flyers team, when they take when Cam York takes that penalty, they not only allow a power play goal, but they probably try and pull their goalie and you know to t- to spark a miraculous comeback or something, and then they allow an empty netter and they lose six to two. That's what happens to the 2022-23 Philadelphia Flyers. This year's Philadelphia Flyers goes out and just simply scores two shorthanded goals within a minute. I believe it was wow. within a minute of each other. It like, was crazy, man. I couldn't believe they like I you know this team really surprises you so far. Like they really do. And the fact that they had that resiliency. I would even say like they had a good amount of resiliency last year, but the year before, the year before Awful. Courts, Awful. just no fight in that team. They were dead in the water. And it was just pathetic to watch. And this is like, they have fight. They're exciting. I think they might have overused the word gritty on the ESPN broadcast last night, which is tough when that's the name of your goddamn mascot. But yeah. 
it, regardless, like this is a team with a lot of spirit, with a lot of energy. And I think part of that is definitely towards his system being in its second year. Guys are understanding it better. But I'd also say changing those personalities in the locker room, getting guys that buy into uh-huh. this, getting a lot of young guys is really a huge difference maker and really changed the energy. Getting Kevin Hayes out of there. Kevin Hayes was not on the same page as John Tortorella, not remotely. Uh, Ivan Provorov, not on the same page with anybody in the Flyers organization at that point. Getting those guys out of there, I think, made such a huge difference in the locker room and with the team buying into Torts' system. I agree. And like you brought up Kevin Hayes and this isn't to say Kevin Hayes was like a bad dude. Like by all accounts, I like can, Hayes. Hayes like, is a good yeah, guy. It sounds like he's an excellent human being. Um, and he it sounds like he comes from a great family. Like he's just, he's a good dude. He just didn't mess with mesh with John Tortorella at all. And Ivan Provorov, he clearly didn't mesh with John Tortorella. Tony D'Angelo got benched for the last few games of the last season. He definitely didn't mesh. So like removing those guys who just weren't fitting, whether they were good guys or not, like it, it helped make this team more competitive. Like, and we're seeing fight out of this team. And I th- honestly, if the Flyers don't make the playoffs this year, I think the the higher ups, the brass, will be thrilled with what they've seen because I don't think they're really even expecting to make the playoffs this year. Certainly, certainly they want to. I feel like that's every coach and every GM's goal is to make the playoffs and win the Stanley cup. But like, I think when this season's said and done, if the flyers don't make the playoffs, I think they will still view this year as a unanimous win because this team, even though it, even though it may not make the playoffs, they fight hard, they play hard, and that's exactly what they want. They want a team that competes. They say it all the time. They want a team that competes, hard to play against. And so far, listen, this Flyers team is kind of hard to play against. I mean, they're leading in shots. They have a. Uh, we were just we were talking a little bit about the fourth line last week. You're not quite as into it as I am, but like the the fourth line is good. They they they're very physical and then you got some good like young players coming up who are kind of learning the learning the game slowly but steadily and and you love to see what their kind of progression that they're making and so I think this season even without making the playoffs I think the brass has to be thrilled with what's happening for sure I I really and as a fan I'm more engaged than I've been in a couple years at this point. And I I think you're going to start to see that in the seats. If this team can keep that up for a couple more weeks, the big thing you talked about for me was shots, 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 shots. Let's talk about shots because the flyers have actually been awesome in shots so far. So the first game outshot the Columbus blue jackets, 37, 33 second game, not so good outshot 31, 21 by Ottawa third game outshot Vancouver, 42 to 26 fourth game outshot Edmonton, the Oilers, McDavid, mm-hmm. Dreisaitl, good Lord, 32 to 23. They outshot the Dallas stars who have a hell of an offense. Jason Robertson. I mean, come on, forget about it. They outshot Dallas 40 to 25 and then Vegas. They kept pace. They were only outshot by one 29 to 28 by Vegas. Who again, Vegas is off to, I think they mentioned it. Like a historic times. start. Yeah, on the ESPN broadcast last night, they're off to a historic start for a a cup winner. They have just been crushing it. They haven't lost yet. They're really frigging good. So 
to hang with the Vegas Knights on their home ice like that is pretty remarkable, especially for this team. And one of the guys I really noticed in that Vegas game is just like crushing it is a guy who had a really solid season last year. And I think might even have a better season this year because he doesn't have to be a top line guy. And that's Noah Cates. Yeah. Cates was good that he made several really, really impressive plays. And I mean, you watch him with the puck. He's so calm. Um, he's so shifty. He's hard to get the puck. It's hard to get the puck away from him. Um, and he's not like a speedster. He's not going to burn you, but he's like a quick twitch guy where it's like, you know, he's, he's elusive. He skates beautifully. And um, I think, I mean, that play he made last night, it's actually funny because um, it, it looked like he was trying to center the puck. He kind of fluttered a backhand feed to Joel Farabee, who redirected the puck directly into, who was the goalie? It was, uh, oh dear Lord. Logan Thompson? Uh, Logan Thompson, yeah, right into I Logan Thompson. I only know bed. that because I looked up the goalies for Kelly in the middle of the day because she was asking oh, who yeah. the goalies were in the game, and that's the yeah. only reason. Like, I would not remember Logan Thompson otherwise. Well, it's actually funny because Logan Thompson last season was like the primary starter for the Golden Knights, and he was really good. Um, but then he got hurt, and it all the you know that's how the whole Aiden Hill situation happened. So, um, but yeah, like it went right into. Logan Thompson's pad, and then luckily Kate's just kind of swooped in and buried the rebound. And um, but I mean, he's just—he's so good. He's such a good two hundred foot player, and we we saw it. We saw it a couple weeks or a few days ago, I believe it was against Dallas, where he was directly responsible for one of the shorthanded goals. He got a stick, um, created a turnover in the offensive zone, and then it ended up being a uh, a a shorthanded breakaway. I think it was for Konechny or Atkinson. I can't remember which one it was, but um, he's just a good, solid 200 foot player. And you gotta be, you gotta be thrilled with what you're seeing from Noah Cates. And he's still just 24 years old. Like he has not quite, we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. I think um, I, I don't think he's going to be some sort of 70 point player, but you, you, Dude, if he a player a like really him is good... valuable. A really good second, third line center. That's huge yeah, for this team. It's huge. Because yes, it is. You can you can already see the impact having a healthy Sean Couturier and a healthy Cam Atkinson on that top line is having. And Cam is back. Cam had a slow first couple games, but he is definitely back. He's making those great two-way plays. He's got a few goals now. Like It's great to see Cam back because he's one of those genuinely good guys that you want to succeed, see succeed on this team. Yeah. Coots is back. Having that depth, having Noah Cates on your third line with Tharaby and Brink, that's awesome. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned Cam Atkinson being back because I think even he would would agree that last night's goal was uh, <laughs> it was kind of it was a lucky fluky goal. Like he just kind of he but that's what literally he does. Oh no, I agree. But like last I, night, Logan Thompson. That's what I like about Cam Atkinson. And it's one of those things that the Flyers in the Giroux era never really did. He just gets the puck to the goddamn net and crazy shit happens. Like in the Giroux era, you would have the joke always with BSH was Jake Voracek passed the puck to the back of the net when he would score a goal because Voracek was a passer. He was not a shooter. Claude Giroux, same thing. Like when Giroux shot, amazing. That guy had one of the best slap shots. He was amazing shot. He just was more of a passer. It was silky mm-hmm. mitts, but yeah. it was a team that didn't really like to 
take just like crazy shots that made no sense. And Cam Atkinson, that man will take insane shots. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you need a player like that. You need a player to get to like the general net area. Like you don't want a player like Radko Gudas who's just going to fire wristers from the point over and over again. But like, and that's not to say Gudas is a bad player, but like that uh, man has never seen a shot he wouldn't take. Oh, he loves taking shots, and they are all very low danger shots. Like, they are not high percentage shots at all. The safest shit you could imagine for the other team. Yeah, but then you look at Cam Atkinson, like, he's a shooter. He's a goal scorer. He even said it. He's just like, I'm here to score goals. That's what I do. And, like, it's it's good to see him really getting back into the swing of things. It it looks like he and Coots are totally back. Like, it does. they don't look like they have any rust right now, which is awesome. Um, there, there was a good defensive pairing right there for, you know, an offensive players, right? Because Cam's one of the better two way wingers in the league, at least on the penalty kill. And obviously Sean Couturier motherfucker plays chess, not checkers, get it through your head, <laughs> figure it out. And then that lets Owen Tippett just, you know, he hasn't quite gotten on the score sheet as much as we wanted him to, but Owen Tippett's going to score at some point. He The goals are going to happen for Tippett. Right, right. Well, Steve, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about Mr. Check, Mr. Chestnut Checkers. I think we got to reassign the nickname. Oh. To Sean Walker. Sean Walker. <laughs> Sean heckin' Walker, Steve. I mean, I like Sean Walker. I don't know if he's ready he's, to. He's been good. To be he's Mr. been real Queen's good. Gambit over here, but, you know, I, he's been very good. He's been excellent. And listen, I, I, I've i been rooting for Sean Walker because I liked his play in, in uh, Los Angeles when he was with the Kings. He had that injury that threw him off last season. And it's good to see him performing very well with the Flyers right now. It's, it's just funny because like he's absolutely not an offensive dynamo. So the fact that he managed to score two short-handed goals in back-to-back games is very, very funny. Oh, it's very funny. But it, it, I, I think it's great. I really thought when Briere made that trade with Provorov, like amazing that he got a first round pick and all of that. Right. Yeah. But to get an actual like competent right-handed defenseman back mm-hmm. in that deal is pretty huge for this team, especially look, we've said our piece on Rasmus Ristolainen, right. But regardless, he is out right now. He's on the IR. He's on the IL, whatever we're calling it these days. And we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. He might have one of those infamous Flyers mystery injuries. <laughs> Somebody's got to play defense on this team. That's what it comes down to. And having somebody that not only is in there as a warm body, but actually good, that's huge. Yeah, it's excellent. And I mean, listen, he's he's not going to be some sort of superstar defenseman for the Flyers. But it's great to see him playing well, um, and it's great to see him just being a steady presence on the back end. We talked about him a little bit last week. Like, he's he's been very, very good. And it makes me wonder, if the Flyers aren't going to make the playoffs, what could they get from him for him at the trade deadline? Because oh, teams will question. be calling about him. Oh, for sure. And this could be a real great pickup for Danny Breer when he flips him for whatever he flips him for if he decides Mm -hmm. to do that i mean we'll have to see how the team is doing uh i would hope that they would stay the course in regards to the rebuild and everything Mm -hmm. the word that they're willing to use now but 
we'll see what happens. But I mean, regardless, like it's awesome to see that out of Walker. And it's also been nice to see Travis Sanheim pile up a few points so far this season after his disaster of a season last year. He's second on the team in points right now with five points. They're all assists. But seeing him up there fills me with joy and seeing him just not be a total disaster on the back end is is great. He's been great. Like, really, really good. I mean, watching the the Vegas game last night, he made some plays that were just excellent. And um, it's it's funny because, like, I tweeted this last night during the game. Like, he's been so good this – like, just watching him, he's a completely different player from last year. Last year was just a disaster for him. If he wins the Pelly Lindbergh trophy again – that would just be the funniest thing in the world because <laughs> it, it's to win the most improved player three times in a row or not in a row, excuse me, but three times, that's three times. Yeah. Like that's hilarious. So <laughs> I think that'd be very funny. It um, will be very funny. And it's very possible because he was that bad last year. Yeah. Like, I don't know who else is going to get it. Like, who do you give it to? Like Couturier? Could be Farabee. Like, could be Couturier. Uh, I think Farabee. Farabee's yeah. the front runner right now, I would think just because he was pretty lousy last year, too, with his neck injury and his recovery from that. Uh, good start for the Beast so far. He's got three goals, one assist so far, and uh, really like to see that, like to see him getting on the scoreboard. Love that. And, yeah, I mean, there's a good balance so far. TK still leading the team. He's got five goals, two assists, and Atkinson's up there, Farabee, Couturier, and Scott Lawton. Like, the guys you would expect to be leading this team in points if this team was doing respectably are the guys doing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the only guy who's um, not up there is Owen Tippett. He's not, but the the assists are coming. Like we're starting to see him, you know, get some more points. Um, he, he's he he had a slow start, but he'll he'll be fine. It's six games, you know. I'm not I'm not concerned about that. I I'm excited about what the Flyers have done, and you know, these guys have to pick each other up. People are gonna have hot streaks and cold streaks and everything. So you just have to be there to pick up the other guys. And when you're hot, you know, maybe they can take a break. You know what I mean? Not take a break, yeah, but you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, when uh, that's exactly it. Like right now, it looks like Cam Atkinson has the hot hand. Uh, looks like Joel Farabee might have the hot hand. Sean Walker has the hot hand. But in a couple of weeks or a couple of games, whatever it might be, like I'm sure we'll start to see Owen Tippett bearing some of these chances because he is getting opportunities. They just haven't gone in yet. So soon enough, he'll start getting some goals yeah now that vegas game was the last game in a very very long evening of hockey that every team in the league played on tuesday every last one of them and the flyers played at 11 p.m eastern that that was awful like it didn't even make sense because like, well, vegas, like, vegas is in mountain time yeah so actually, no, it's not. Oh, it's, it's not. Well, I'm Pacific time. That yeah. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Las Vegas. Um, and it, I don't know why I thought it was not. Well, I do know because it's not quite the West Coast entirely. But OK, it's in Pacific. So time. I th- I'm an idiot. I think when you get to Arizona, it's like as close to mountain time as you can get without it being mountain time. Like it's just too far west to be mountain time. Gotcha. Because I'm pretty sure if you go to the Grand Canyon, um, which is like not far from Las Vegas, you enter mountain time. Okay. Like it's it's like a couple hour drive, I think. So it's yeah, it's kind of weird. But but regardless, that's an eight p.m. start for them. Eleven p.m. in Philadelphia, which is like eleven. Think a pretty decent sized market that you would want to capitalize on on this day of hockey for one of the you know most well known franchises in the sport. The the puck didn't drop until eleven seventeen p.m. Ugh. 
Like, it sucked. And, like, uh, let me say this about the Frozen Frenzy. It's a great idea. Like, it's... I, do it on I, a Friday or a Saturday. Do it on a Saturday where you can watch hockey all day long. Start like at have 1 every, p.m. Or start at noon. Noon. Noon or 12.30 or something like that. And yeah. then just have games all day long. Like, that's what you should do. Why are you doing it on a Tuesday? Like, what, is, what are you doing? Um, and, yeah, just, like, do it on a random Saturday. I know that, like, you know, people do stuff on Saturdays. But fuck it. Like, that's when people are going to want to watch things on TV is the weekend. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, great idea. Do it on a fucking Saturday next do year. <laughs> also, Saturday, please. I, so I stayed up to watch the game. And I did my – I think by the time it was all said and done and I published my, like, game recap or whatever – I went to bed around like three and I had to wake up for work the next morning at seven. uh, Excuse me. Normally I wake up at six 30, but I was like, fuck that. That's not not happening. So I set my alarm for seven 40 or so I thought I did. And I woke up at nine 30. I have to be at work by eight 30. And I was just like, Oh shit. (laughs) I'm late for work. Well, so (laughs) well, and so I looked at my clock and I accidentally set it to 7.40 or 7.30 p.m. I've done that so many Instead times. Instead of a.m. It's, yeah. it's so annoying. So love that for me. But luckily I went into work and my manager is unbelievably chill. And so she was just like, oh, yeah. It's all right. You weren't here? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't know if she even knew. Quakes, I had if no I idea. hadn't said oh, anything. Cool. Yeah. All right. No, now you're here. Do a bunch of shit, please. Um, that's... I've been there. Uh, I used to, in the the Craig era, I was recording this podcast very late. I was very often very sleep deprived. And probably in that era, I would have stayed up and and watched this game. But I, as I mentioned, I got my my booster and my flu shot yesterday. So that was already kicking my butt. On top of that, the Phillies game was depressing as hell. And, you know, the puppy. I got to wake up pretty early to uh, walk the puppy. puppy. The puppy. He's so big. He's 50 pounds already. It's, uh, he, he will not let me sleep. Okay? It's just not going to happen. He it is doesn't, going to yeah. put his adorable paws up on the bed and basically just, you know, do what he just did. And there tell me is. to get up. There he is. It's the problem. It's him. But... Brucey was not going to let, I was like, I got to And I did some homework. Like I had to sleep. Like it was going to happen. I watched the first period. I actually watched the remainder of the game this morning on ESPN plus, And it was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to be able to, you know, check out the rest of it. Uh, speaking of the game, the Flyers had a lot of opportunities last night to capitalize on the power play. Um, Steve, I bet you will never guess who has the worst, which team of the 30 of the NHL's 32 teams has the worst power play in the NHL right now. Ooh, is that the, uh, Columbus blue jackets? It's actually Philadelphia Flyers. It is Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. I wasn't sure if Provorov brought his bad power play juju over to, to the blue jackets or not. I'm not shocked that the Flyers are down there. I mean, they haven't had a good power play since I can't believe I'm saying this since Braden Shen left. And I, I I know feel silly, but it really, the man could fire a hell of a shot from the circle on the power play. The Flyers have scored one power play goal Ugh. this season through six games. They got more shooting goals. Uh, yes, they have. They do. Out yeah. of 
out of 20 opportunities they've converted one time, they have a power play per- conversion percentage of 5%. <laughs> is that good? It's not not great. What's the, what's the not highest great. in the league right now? The highest in the league? Uh, that'll be 44%. <laughs> the New Jersey Devils are like borderline automatic. Who are currently losing to the Washington Capitals. They are. But they, they were also... I'm enjoying it. Yeah, they were down 3-0 at one point, and then they stormed back and actually took a 4-3 lead, but it looks like the Capitals are uh, doing their thing. So, I guess they're Speak of the devil. Speak of, oh, speak, of that. speak of which, the Capitals are trash. Oh, yeah. That's, it's like, they're real bad. Coming. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I had a feeling it was... Because, I mean, like, when they start doing some of these... You know, when they start making very obvious moves to not win the cup, but instead get Ovi the goal record, which like, <laughs> honestly, sweet, cool. I'm, I'm for that because Ovi rocks, but like, damn, they suck real bad. And I don't know when they're going to be good again because they don't really have, they've been just trying to win Ovi, win for Ovi for years now. So like, why yeah. would they have been building up their system? They have a bunch of old guys. It's not good. The forecast is not good for them. But then again, they have had a generational talent for like nearly 20 years. So he got not, his cup. I feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah, he got his cup. He'll survive. You know, got his so. cup. He got his, his gold medal. The man has done pretty well for himself. He's fine. I'm I don't feel bad for Alexander Ovechkin in any way, shape or form. Um, when this and, Penguins uh, collapse happens, I'm not going to feel bad for anyone of those motherfuckers. And that's not a surprise to anybody in flyers land because we feel no sympathy for the Pittsburgh penguins here. None at all. Not really. No, no. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But who knows when that penguins collapse is going to happen. Not soon enough. They had to go and get Eric Carlson and well, they still might miss the playoffs this year. And that would be very funny to me. That would be fun. Actually, before we go any further, because we're six games into the season, so I shouldn't be paying attention to standings. But last time I checked, the Flyers were leading the Metropolitan Division. And it makes me wonder, after last night, are <laughs> they still leading? They are not. They are third in the division with seven points. So, Well, we'll have to see what happens with the, the Devils tonight because the Devils also have seven points. But, eh, you know, the Caps are up at the moment. We'll, we'll see what happens. The Caps are 1-3-1. One, and one. Yikes. Not too good. Not, it's not so good, good at all. Yeah. <laughs> it is incredibly rare. Oh, the Penguins are 2-4-0. Oh, I like that. I They've lost three in a row. Oh. So. Well, two in a row? Three. Or, they've lost three in the a row. Penguins? Yeah. They've, this says the record's 2-4. Oh, I see. I'm, dude, I am so whacked out right now. Like, I, ooh, I don't know how wins and losses I, work. <laughs> yeah. Percy's all fired up about it. That's a shame. Is. That is a shame. You hate to see it. Hey, you do. That you do. Yeah. Well, we are... Uh, folks, I, I apologize in advance because it's not going to be the longest podcast I've ever recorded, but that's how it is. Quick's asleep deprived. I am tired from this vaccine. But the last thing I want to talk about tonight, and you know... Apologies for getting up on the the soapbox a little bit, but uh, guess what? It's happening. This is a big hockey story, and we're discussing it. It's that the NHL had taken this weird stance on... Okay, so just for background, we all know the Ivan Provorov Pride Night thing really spiraled out, and then a bunch of other players took stands on Pride Night, including the Flyers' own Mark Stahl. How about that? But 
the NHL, instead of, I don't know, trying to stand up to bigotry and, you know, take like a better stand than just what they did, they decided, well, let's be cowards. And they said, no more theme nights at all for anybody. So no more support our troops night. No more. I don't even know what the other theme nights are. They just, they said, none of them. We're done with it. And then they also banned like special tapes and everything uh, because, you know, players would tape up their sticks with the rainbow, the pride rainbow. And it was cool. And, you know, guys like Scott Lawton were like, well, I'm going to do my thing. And if they're going to find me, they're going to find me. And well, one of the players already went ahead and tested this and already changed the rule. So this is from The Athletic. Uh, Pierre Lebrun and Chris Johnson wrote this. Uh, NHL players will have the option to represent social causes with stick tape this season after the league consulted with the Players Association and NHL Player Inclusion Coalition. The NHL announced Tuesday. On Saturday, Arizona Coyotes defenseman Travis Dermott became the first player to openly defy the ban when he wrapped the top of his stick with rainbow-colored tape during the club's 2-1 victory over the Anaheim Ducks at Mullet Arena. Travis Dermott, you're the man. Thank you for doing that. And, yeah. you know, God, the NHL just really finds insane ways to come up with bad PR for themselves. I mean, they're, they're to make this ban on Pride Tape and then just not even, what, like three weeks later? Had it even been a month since they banned it? Like, yeah. They, they start walking back and they're just like, oh, no, 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 never mind, never mind. You can have the pride tape now. And it's just like, you could have just not banned it at all. You could have just let players have personality and show off what they're, what they're passionate about. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what they were doing. And frankly, where I came to with everything was, you know what? If a player wants to just go ahead and be a jerk and say he does not support the LGBTQ plus community. Let then, them deal with the consequences. Exactly. Let them deal yeah. with the consequences. And it is what it is. I, I find the theme jerseys like very endearing. Uh, they're great for charity, auctioning those off, seeing them mm-hmm. wear them in warmups. You know, it's, it's great stuff. And like hockey fights, cancer night, for instance, that's always a great event. And to take that away from people, it was just wrong. It's just wrong. And it, it's just Gary Bettman, such an incompetent leader. And it, he just, he drives me nuts. He drives me absolutely insane. You know, this man is just, he, I can't believe he's just been the NHL's leader for so long at this point. I, what is it? 30 years? Something like that. Yeah. It's insane to think about. And uh, just another debacle. And I'm glad they at least backed down. But the fact that this even had to happen in the first place is bonkers to me. Yeah, it's it's really wild that this even has happened. I still can't believe that they're that they just got rid of the whole uh, theme jerseys or you know whatever, like you know Pride Night and uh, do, it, now do we know that they also got rid of Military Night too? Yeah, like, everything. You're, everything. Okay, like you can so. do the nights, but the players aren't allowed to wear warm up jerseys for them. Right. But right, they can still okay. auction them off. Like they can make them and auction them off, but they yeah. can't wear them in warm ups. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. So yeah. But you know what? At, at least players can wear that tape now. I think that's great. Um and hopefully we start seeing players you know, a lot of players um, you know, moving forward and, and wearing that in warm ups. Um, are they allowed to wear, are they allowed to put on that tape during a game? That I don't know. I don't 
think so, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a player could just take the fine, like, you know, every time, like, an NFL player gets, um, you know, they'll, like, they'll wear special cleats or they'll put a message on their cleats and the NFL's like, I'm going to fine you $20,000 for that. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, fuck it, I'll pay it and you can just exactly. fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that'd be cool if a player did that. It looks like Travis Dermott did have the pride tape underneath some black tape. He had like a little bit of it showing. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, well, good but, for him, man, for going out and taking that stand and guys like Scott Lawton for speaking their mind on that. And, you know, yep. just boo to the NHL again for just fumbling the ball and just God, I wish this great sport had better leadership. It would be nice. I would love that and appreciate that greatly. Yeah, me too. Me too, friend. All right. Well, I think that's more than enough for both of us because we are on fumes at this point. I, do you agree? I'm tired. I'm like, tired. I got to go. And I still got to write a story tonight. So well, not we're going to get going then. Okay. And folks, don't get me wrong. We're going to have lots of Tangy Tent for you next week. Okay. We are going to make sure we got Tangy Tent out the wazoo for you. Plenty of that great content coming to you on broadstreethockey.com. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is, unfortunately, still, I guess, Twitter or X or whatever the hell it is these days. Quigs, reckon the people find you on the social medias. You know where you can find me on Twitter? Fuck. You know where you can find me on the internet? (laughs) Twitter or X. At Ryan Quigs with a Z. You can also find me at Ryan Quigs with a Z on Instagram and you can find me on blue sky. Definitely follow me on blue sky because I have a feeling that that could be the, the predecessor to I've been doing X a lot one day. I'm, I'm hoping that that blue sky opens up to everyone where like you don't open need it up to people. And it also needs to get some video and gift capability. That's the right. Thing's yeah. holding it back right now. Like what's Jack doing? Like what is there like some sort of plan he has where I he's going to no open idea, it up? I have no idea, man. And I want it to work because I want it to be nice. I want the old Twitter and it's it's driving me nuts. Like let's just get it up. If you do want to join Blue Sky by the way, I have lots of codes right now on both of my accounts. So just hit me up on I guess Twitter to get on Blue Sky and we'll go from there. But uh yeah, I'm also on Twitter and Blue Sky and Instagram and TikTok, uh, you can find me at Flyperbole. I'm also at Estebomb on uh, Twitter and Blue Sky. And yeah, for hockey, though, Flyperbole is the one to go with. Oh, wow. How about that? Oh, wow. <laughs> all right, folks. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. Thanks so much for listening. We truly love and appreciate you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. Wow. Wow, 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 And one last time, this show was sponsored by the good people over at Bet Online. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.